This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Well, we're a week closer, all right? And I, gentlemen, I want you to be impressed. Ladies, you, you shut your ears for a minute. I've actually bought a present. I know, I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Granted, it was only three ninety nine from Wilco's, but <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, we've started. Yes, that's that's right. It's the thought that counts. I agree. But I, I've made a good go of it. So you know, I'm, I'm digging in, and and it is you know what two two and a bit weeks really. Yeah, so gents, if you haven't started, you should really think about it. Take a leaf out of my book. (laughs) 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 Yeah, anyway, I've I've started, so I'm happy. Um, But anyway, this week we're going to have a look at um, at following on from last week's prophecy. Um, And if you remember, we had a look at two different um, sections in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9 and Isaiah 53. Um, which took us and helped us to understand that the prophets, those um, that came before the Lord some 600 years prior, um, talked about this coming Messiah. Um, and the prophecy, prophecy told us of all that. And today, as we're going to have a look, the promise arrives. The promise arrives. Jesus Christ is indeed unwrapped. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> Now, last there we go. Last time this happened, I had to buy a T-shirt. <laughs> Do you remember? It's his fault. It's uh, it unwrapped. There you go. I don't know why it's narrowed, but we'll we'll let Lol off. She can't help it. She's got me as a husband. <laughs> but uh, but no, thank you. But indeed, Christmas is unwrapped, and and the prophecy here now is being fulfilled um, in Jesus Christ. And our passage this morning tells us of Jesus and tells us of Jesus being born. Um, it's, it's a bit of a brief summary almost, uh, Matthew's Gospel particularly. Um, if you want to have a little bit more detail, and we'll go there in the coming weeks, but um, you have to look to Luke. But here, Matthew gives some precise detail. Um, and in that, he starts off the whole chapter with, well, if you're reading through the Bible in a year, these are the sort, you've got through Leviticus and you're like, yes, done this. Then you get to numbers and you're like, oh, and then you go, yes, I've achieved this. And then you get the genealogies. I mean, they're, they're interesting. They, they can sometimes, you know, make you feel a little bit woozy and you, you feel like you've nodding off. And, but anyway, I'm not going to read the genealogy. What I am going to do is just have a look at verse 17. So we're just going back a verse um, and hopefully we can just see something that maybe you haven't seen before. Thus, it says, thus, one of my favorite words. There were 14 generations in all, from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Christ, or to Jesus, as it says um, in the original. So there were 14 generations. Now, when you look at that, I don't, you, anybody really looked at that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so if you look at that, actually, there are more generations but what Matthew's doing here is he's doing something called uh, telescoping. Um, and essentially what that does in its real simplicity is, my dad's called Kevin. I know, he's my brother, he's called Kevin. We blame our parents for such things. 
But what it would be is, is Kevin is the father of Jack. My dad to Jack. It skips out a generation, okay? Skips me out and goes, and that's what telescoping is, okay? Obviously, that's not the case um, in reality. But what it does is it helps you to get to where you need to get to. So what, what's happening here is this telescoping of this genealogy. And what that allows us to do, or what allowed Matthew to do, is to get this number 14, okay? To get this number 14. And you get these three pieces in this. You get 14, look, generations from Abraham to David. So from the promise for all people that through Abraham, all nations will be blessed, okay? So from that moment, there are 14 generations to David, okay? And David, as we know, um, quite an important character in the Bible, had his flaws, as we also know. But from his line, from this royal line, there were 14 from David to the exile of Babylon, and then 14 from the exile to Christ. So it gives us this number 14. Now, what's quite interesting about these numbers and... Okay, so I found interesting about these numbers. Is that it, there's a word, um, and it's a study particularly. I, I don't know whether I'm going to do it justice in the name that I'm going to give it because I'll probably pronounce it wrong. But um, gamateria, okay? Hopefully that's right. Those scholars amongst us. Nobody? Okay. Now basically it sounds like something, some kind of ailment. But what it does is it gives each letter in the alphabet a particular number, Okay. So we've got 14, 14, 14. It's important. Now, the name David. When you add the letters of David together, D-A-V-I-D, but in the Greek, you get to a number. 14. Now, Matthew made absolute note of this because he he wanted us to understand that from this royal line, he would telescope the generations to get us to David. So that when we realise that David is the key in this, we actually realise the whole essence of all that God has been doing. Because it gets us to Christ. He gets us all the way from the very beginning when the promise occurred to Abraham, when God said, through you all people will be blessed, even us, non-Jewish, Gentiles, that we would be blessed. And that's exactly what we see here. And Matthew lays out for us in a... In a, if you're into numbers, this is the way. Uh, my mathematics is terrible. Really bad. I mean, I try. Very trying was my report, usually. Matthew could try harder was the truth of what they actually said. I argued that because I was actually trying, <laughs> which is awkward, isn't it? You want to be like, yeah, anyway. But no, I really was trying. Just, just terrible at maths. But in this juncture in history, this was the perfect time, as Matthew points out, from the 14, the 14, the 14, and David being 14, this was the perfect time in history to bring about the Messiah, who is Jesus Christ. And we've had the, um, the prophecies, and also you can see in Isaiah 7, and we get then in this part of the story that Christmas is unwrapped, the promise is unwrapped. That at this moment, we start to get this, uh, the, the whole of mankind's fate, if you like, delivered here in this wonderful bundle that gets into that little manger. Um, and here, um, again, we get in this little breakdown of what Matthew gives us of the Christmas story. Um, we get this, uh, I guess, in essence, the turmoil in, in a very small nutshell. 
um, of what Joseph would have gone through. And we've talked about that before, and it's very difficult for a, a preacher over Christmas because, well, you've all heard the story. And, and if I did it last year, you're like, that's if you remember. <laughs> but, um, but here we get to see in a nutshell the heartache and the pain that Joseph must have experienced. Um, that he was, we understand, a man of God. It says in verse 19, because Joseph, um, her husband, was a righteous man. In other words, he had faith in God. That's what we've understood if you're available for Bible study on Wednesday evenings. You'll know that we have a righteousness through faith and faith alone. There is no other way to gain that righteousness. Um, if you want to read through Romans, that's where we're going. If you have any questions, see people who come to Bible study <laughs> or, or me, and I'll, I'll try and share but where we, we get to see then in, in that, that Joseph was a righteous man, a man who had faith in God. But he was presented, I guess, with his wife-to-be, although when it was ordained that they were to be husband and wife, they were already husband and wife. It wasn't like us nowadays where we have an engagement and then a marriage. If you're engaged, you are married. That, that's how it, hit, how it is. And then there's this ceremony that unfolds. And Joseph was in an impossible situation. Can you imagine and we've talked about it before. But God in his goodness, the angel of the Lord comes to him and he learns to be and who brought all this about so that this man, that the very line of Christ goes from and through um, through David. And here then, Joseph perfectly placed. It just so happens Mary's pregnant, conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Augustus, the Caesar at the time, not Gloop, He's from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But, but, the, uh, but Augustus, the Caesar at the time, has said that what we're going to do is we're going to have a census. We're going to count all the people and we're going to see how many people there are. We know of these things. You get a letter through the door. How many people live under your roof? And we're all honest. And we don't count the animals, okay? Because if we did count the animals, <laughs> there's a certain family in here would okay so there's five of us there's 14 dogs eight sheep three camels two cats a hedgehog four ducks eight pigeons six ducks wow okay so the list would go on just people okay just people and and what would happen is they would have to go back to their hometown to be counted so remember joseph perfectly placed from the line of david perfectly positioned, he would have to go back to his hometown, take his family with him, and his family was about to grow. And when they get there, because, well, the donkey weren't so quick, when they get there, not many horsepower in the old cult, when, if you missed the kick, that was the bit that sold it for me. <laughs> when they got there, there was no room, absolutely no room for them anywhere. They knocked, they tried, they couldn't get in. So the very Messiah, the very King of Kings, him who was in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. The very Messiah was born in a stable. It's mind-boggling. And there, the very King of Kings, Emmanuel, verse 23, God with us is born and he is placed in a manger an animal trough probably wasn't as attractive as the one that Charlie made for us a few years ago but indeed probably a piece of stone 
that the animals would eat out of. And Jesus arrived. And last week, in my generosity, I gave you all a sweet. And some of those sweets were toffees, and they were sweet goodness, buttery magic. I've counted them on my uh, calorie counter. They were terrible for you. <laughs> they were really bad. Like, how many did you have? You know when you have to put in how many servings? One toffee counts as a serving. It's like 16, 17, I don't know. I lost count. <laughs> it's really bad. The calorie, cal- calorific value was terrible. But some of you got these lovely toffees, and other of you got these oh, not-so-nice lemons. They were quite bitter. Um, but we understood, and this is the point this morning, is that as Jesus came, that he's received in two different ways. One is, we understand this sweet baby in the manger, and we get it, and we know then that he has done what needed to be done in order for people like us to come before a holy God as we put our faith and our trust in him and we say sorry for the sin in our life. And to others, as we'll find out in the coming weeks, that actually he was received in absolute bitterness. Who is this that people are saying is the king? Not on my watch, he's not. Not in my territory, not on my ground, not on my area, not on my part of this earth. He ain't king. And he's received in bitterness. And there's no different today, church, is it? There's no different today. I need a king, I don't need a king. I need a saviour, I'm not interested in a saviour. And it's exactly the same today. But indeed, the gospel, the good news of this baby is brought to life as we understand. And the baby is a gift. Anybody notice my present? (laughs) This was a little bit more than $3.99. So I got myself this present, okay? Thank you. (laughs) I even wrapped it, so. All right, you can see the edges. If I do that, it's pretty good. Those on the periphery are judging me harshly. Stole the bow from my wife's collection of bows for Christmas. (laughs) She was not too happy. But never mind. I told her it was for uh, gospel purposes. Okay. But you see, this is a, well, it's a present and um, it's been wrapped and, and it's nice and I like the idea of it because I know that there's got to be something exciting in there. My little boy was nine today, so uh, I know. <sighs> so he had lots of presents this morning and I've judged his mum for that and <laughs> she did the shopping. I just put my name on these things. <laughs> anyway, and, uh, and he got these presents and he's unwrapping them and he's so excited about it and he loves it. And it's like, ah, oh, it's like Christmas has come early. It has, it has come just now, okay? You, you, you ain't having any more, Jack. But anyway, but Christmas has come early and he's like, wow, it's amazing. He has to wait all year because his birthday and Christmas are all together. And, and then there's, you know, this. Well, it's nice and I like it and... Well, I've thought about opening it a few times this morning before you even got here. But I thought, no, I won't. I'll wait. Because it's important that you see. And you see, from this, and I'll pop it there, we'll open it together. We'll open it together. 
But you see, the truth is that when we read and understand what the Word of God is saying to us here, that the Word of God tells us that we as humanity have received this gift. And this gift is just incredible. And this gift is amazing. And it doesn't matter, you know, as we start to understand how people have received it, that it doesn't matter what we do in the sense of our life, whether we're good people, whether we think we're great. The Bible tells us that we've all sinned. So therefore, we've all fallen short of God's glory. But the truth is that God has given us a gift. And he said, look, I've got this gift for you. It's absolutely perfect. I mean, it is incredible. It's far better wrapped than this one. And it's amazing. And I I want you to have it. He's personalized it. He's put your name on it. It's for you. Yet I also know that just by the very nature of us as human beings, that so many people go, I'm not interested. I don't want it. (laughs) Why would I need it? I want your gift. Take it back. You got a gift received. And it makes me sad. Because the gift, as I know and as I've understood, the gift is priceless. Money can't buy the gift, no amount of effort can achieve the gift. But the Bible tells me that the gift has been given freely. Not by works, as Paul says, so that any man can boast. But it's a free gift of God. Grace. Being given what we do not deserve. And I, this morning, well, I want to unwrap it. Because how sad would it be? I mean, look at it. That's got to be belting. But the baby born in a stable that had absolutely no room is a gift church that we know remains unwrapped. You see, as we start to understand this passage of scripture that the Lord's given to us this morning, it says she will give birth in verse 21 to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. If you're an underliner, his people is the key. We looked this morning in Isaiah 53, and we understood that Christ has died for all sin, every single bit of it. But there's an action that needs to happen. Because if we don't put our faith in Christ, and we don't ask Jesus into our heart, then I don't fall into the category of his people. In fact, I'm quite the opposite. The Bible tells us we're either for Christ or we're against him. There isn't an in-between. It's really clear. And it says there that he will save his people from what? Their sins. Romans 6, 23 says this, For the wages of sin is death. And you might sit there this morning, you might know friends and family who aren't interested, they don't even want to know that they've done anything wrong. 
let alone that word that says sinner. I've lived nice all my life. I agree, you've probably been great. You're probably a better person than I am. In fact, of that I probably have no doubt. But the Bible tells me (laughs) that we've all sinned and have fallen short of God's glory and the wages of sin is death. But goes on. (laughs) We don't deserve it to go on, Romans 6.23, but it goes on. And it says, but the gift of God, the free gift of God. Oh dear. open it or not you see because if I open it you've heard but you see if I don't open it you could say well he never told me (laughs) and I ain't prepared for that See, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift from God is eternal life. And you know, we have the opportunity to take hold of that this morning. There is no greater gift. There is nothing more wonderful than the fact that our God has given everything for each one of us. All we have to do is say, Lord, I am sorry for the sin in my life. Please come into my heart and change me. And the Bible tells me that that is exactly what he'll do. The coming Messiah has arrived. How will we receive him? Because church, I can tell you, that will determine your destiny. Servant in the Father's hand
Sinners from the claims of hell, and with 
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.